Hello and welcome to the Give Yourself the Chat podcast. I'm your host, Peter Lewis, and this show is all about leadership, coaching, and living a life of high performance. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Give Yourself the Chat podcast, and um, I'm delighted to have my next guest on with me, Andrew Pierce. And, and Andrew, you've got the um, the award of the the person who lives the furthest away from me on this podcast so far. You're in Australia, there. How are you doing? Great, mate. I've, that's what I was going for. I'm like, I want to, I want to get that award. <laughs> mate, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Uh, thanks for having me here. You're very welcome. You're very welcome. And for the benefit of the listener, uh, um, the, my one or two listeners, my mum and dad, um, uh, Andrew and I, we've met on, on LinkedIn, really. We, we've never met in person, um, but we are on the same sort of conversation threads. And, and Andrew sort of popped up. Uh, and I was interested in, in your background and what you do as a sort of stress and performance coach. And, and, uh, and I thought, particularly during this sort of coronavirus pandemic sort of time, it'd be useful just to give our listeners some, some ideas about what's going on with you, but also perhaps what they can take away. But how, how are things with pandemic in, in Australia? Back here in the UK, this is now week six or seven of lockdown. How is it for you guys? Yeah, mate, I think we are in about week five or six. Um, and for me, lockdown has been a pretty pleasant, peaceful experience. Um, I'm very familiar with being online. Uh, I've always run online programs and done coaching online. So day-to-day business for me hasn't really been affected too much. Um, I'm actually based in Bali. I, I live in Bali and I came over, I ran a retreat, and I missed getting back to Indonesia just by a couple of days. Oh, so, yeah, so I've, uh, I'm here, but where we are is a place called the Dandenong Ranges, beautiful forestry, um, plenty of trees. Like, you know, you're living up amongst the trees on the hills, which is a beautiful spot. I still got some uh, high school friends that live in this area, so I've had a beer with them here and there. But uh, look, for me, lockdown has been a rather peaceful experience. There was a point where I was trying to get back to Bali, and I was yeah, forced into, somewhat forced into a surrender, where I was like, all right, I don't. I've got very limited control over my experience and where I am in the world right now. So I'll just let go of trying to push and force. And uh, yeah, it was really quite uh, quite um, peaceful to, to do so. So lockdown for me has been pretty relaxed. Uh, it seems to have been pretty relaxed for other people that I've mixed with. Um, yeah, most, most of my friends have seemed to kind of just enjoy it to an extent, but I'm getting a little bit itchy now. Yeah. a little bit itchy to, to get out and move. I, I, I bet, yeah, it's it's interesting. So are you staying with friends or family there then because you haven't been able to get back? What, what are you doing? I'm with my parents. You're with your parents, okay. Well, now, that that's an int- must be an interesting experience in, in of itself as well. It's uh, I think uh, for us here, lockdown with two teenagers, as long as the Wi-Fi holds out, we're, we're fine. I think if Wi-Fi goes down, <laughs> we're screwed. <laughs> but we're yeah, good, yeah. we're good. I mean, much like you, I... I've seen this as an opportunity. Most of my clients were all offline um, and, you know, you, you could struggle and, and rage against the fact that you can't do that or you can just accept it and think, well, perhaps there's an opportunity here for me to, to upskill, learn new things and, and do that. And I think a lot of people, as long as you have your health and you not have the immediate threat of, of you know, your own existence, then I think actually this does present an opportunity to reflect and to your point you sort of let go and think okay well let's just go with this and see what I can make of it yeah man I really like just then how you said 
the immediate threat of your own existence because it's it it might sound simple or even silly but i'm not going to die i'm going to survive i may be a little bit uncomfortable or not as comfortable as i'd like to be but there's no reason to kick up a stink about that mm. because i'm very safe i'm in a very safe secure position um and i i think there's a lot of human behavior that you can build around i'm going to survive i'm not going to die but i i really do think it's a it's a powerful way to think and be like you know what i will be okay yeah on on we go uh, yeah. so i just like that you mentioned it that way or that you languaged it that way well yeah well that kind of popped to, to mind but i i think a lot of what uh, informs that uh, that thinking for me is I mean, I've got a, I had a 20 year military career and there's very few things that phase somebody mm -hmm. that's kind of been in those sort of intense environments. And more latterly, I've, I've been a sort of student of stoicism, which, you know, there's a wonderful phrase in stoicism that talks about amor fati, um, the love of fate. And just what, whatever plays out is part of the journey. And it's just mm. for us to, to think about, to your point, what's within my control here. You know, I, I, I can't magic a, a plane back to Bali. I could really lose a lot of energy over that, or I can just accept it and, and go with it because what else is there? And that's the ultimate level of control, I believe. Yeah, man, I agree hundred percent. And, you know, just today I did a, I did a video in one of my groups talking about how, although I'm, I'm here physically and uh, it's lockdown that's keeping me here, there's still times where I notice myself being emotionally resistant to being here living at my folks' house which and trying to deny it, which is ridiculous because I'm here, yeah. you know, that I still find it so fascinating that, that the ego will still attempt to try and deny something like that. So yeah, acceptance has been – acceptance and surrender has been a daily practice for me at the moment and, uh, yeah, I've been enjoying it. So the, the, tell us about how, how, Andrew, you get to where you are, not necessarily physically, but th this journey that you're on um, as a coach and, and, and you arrive either through you know, the philosophies that you've studied or, or, or just because you, you run retreats, you do online coaching, you do all sorts of great stuff there. H how did you get to this point in your life? And give us a bit of that sort yeah. of background. So I've always been interested in different ways of thinking and loved thinking through things and was always that that guy in the group that you, you, you come to to have a chat. And, um, you know, I just remember thinking to myself at one time, I'm like, I wish I could just get paid to give people advice. I'm like, that'd be great. Yeah. Uh, but I didn't, I didn't know the form uh, within which that could take place. And it was 2013. I told myself I'll start studying a bachelor of psychological science the next year. And so I started in that and then it, it started to, to lead me down the avenue of human behavior and life coaching. And when I read a quick little summary of what that was, I thought that's, that's me 110%. So at 25, I went and signed up at a place called the Coaching Institute, found out about them on a Monday night, called them the Tuesday, went in and signed up on the Wednesday. It was just like boom, boom, boom. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I got into it because I love it. It's my passion. It's my interest. It's, you know, I hadn't gone through anything and healed myself necessarily to then go back and help others. Uh, I'm just like, this is what I love. This, this fascinates me and interests me. So I started, <clears throat> I stepped foot in my first three-day coaching experience or, or, or transformational room, 1st of August, 2014. And then since then, I've 
you know, read a bunch of books, coached thousands of hours now, had all of my own experiences I've learned from, uh, been in many, many training rooms, led some training rooms, ran a lot of programs, been through programs, and just the learnings and the lessons and the experience developed and all intertwined together. And, uh, yeah, it'll be six years in in August. And, um, yeah, I've spent some time in the last two years uh, living in Bali uh, and enjoying that lifestyle. And uh, I'm hoping to, to get back to that as soon as possible once restrictions lift. Yeah, yeah. So, um but why Bali in particular? I mean, I, I guess it conjures up all sorts of images, but um, what, what was the draw for you? So I always wanted to to work and travel or, or at least work uh, and live in a nice tropical type area. And Bali ticked the boxes. It's close to Australia. Uh, I knew some people there. It is a bit of a hub for the old digital nomad, let's say. Okay. Uh, or, or the... The influencer or the the coach and the coaches and the spiritual people online who are wanting to change the world and that type of stuff. It's a bit of a hub for that. Um, and where I live is is has got a lot of that kind of going on. But it's a, it's just a fun transient place. It's a holiday destination. It's it's got a lot of young people. It's a bit further up from. There's an area that's you kind of like your your classic bogan Australian, which I think translates to a chav. In, oh, in the oh, UK, I, maybe. Yeah, I think we know what yeah. you mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, but it's a little bit further out from that. It's a good spot. Get some surfing done. Warm weather. Uh, freedom. Freedom is, is my biggest driver in life. And, uh, yeah, that, that's, why, um, that's why Bali. Oh, fantastic. I didn't realise that, that whole kind of digital nomad piece, but I can see the, the draw and a, an attraction. So I'm guessing all the coffee houses are full of people with laptops open, sort of sitting there all day kind of doing their thing. Is that right? <laughs> yeah, mate, there, there is. There's plenty of that going on. And like in Changu, you meet someone and, and it is like, ah, oh, geez, another, another bloody coach, you know, yeah. another coach working online or someone else scaling their digital business or another influencer tagging their Instagram stuff. It's, it has a bit of that going on. So that can be a bit annoying because like I'm six years into the game now. So I'm, it's not that new, I'm a coach type thing for me, but uh, I, don't, I don't involve myself into it, in it too much. But it's, it's certainly there and it's, it's a great space. It's really cool. So let's let's explore that whole um, that space really or that, that, uh, that environment that coaches work in. But particularly this, because I know um, a bit about your background and pre-reading here, you're helping business owners sort of avoid that sort of, you know, reach performance without the burnout and the stress and everything else like this. But there is there is that kind of hustle culture, isn't there? There's that, you know, sort of the, the poster boy for it is, is people like Gary Vee. And I'm a big fan of people like Gary Vee and everything else like this. But there's this this type of stuff that, you know, you've got to keep grinding and hustling and doing and kind of, and that's the route to success. And clearly that works for some people, but you're more about the, the balance aspect, about having the end result, but without necessarily, right? So what's your view on all that kind of that hustle culture? Yeah, I think that, you know, there is that big, badge of honor around it. Um, And the way that I talk about it is um, I think there's a lot, people just have, they're trying to prove something, you know, and if you're trying to prove that you're strong and capable, in my opinion, it comes from shadow parts of yourself that feel weak and incapable. Uh, And another, I suppose, modality I bring into talking about this is looking at the masculine feminine energies. Mm -hmm. Both have mature and immature versions. And I think the world of business and entrepreneurship is, is 
is largely a boy psychology. It's largely, it's largely a real immature masculine of that young buck out to prove that he's not a scared, lost, afraid, incapable, inadequate little boy. Um, and maybe, uh, you know, boys go through this and, and still uh, in the bodies of men and it, you know, you're doing silly stuff with jumping off big stunts or whatever. Maybe you're punching up people on the weekend. Maybe you're getting yourself wasted. Or maybe you're working 60, 70 hours a week, taking on more than you can actually handle to, to prove to the world that you're, that you're not those things. Um, so I think it's just, you know, better the devil we know than the devil we don't. To just mm. keep running and, and burning out is a more safe emotionally than to really turn and face and slow down a bit and, and look at the parts of ourselves that actually just feel quite weak and incapable and inadequate purely in our, in our states of being. And now when you address these parts that are, that are really fueling the need to prove oneself or that are, is fueling the need to distract ourselves through busyness and being a workaholic, you will find that your behaviors and your results and your experience will begin to change. Naturally, those behaviors that stemmed from such emotional wounds will just begin to fall out um, of your life once this type of personal development work has been done. So I think it's, I think, I think the, the times are changing a bit from mm. the, the push hustle. It's still out there massively, but I think, I think it's beginning to change a little bit. It, it's interesting how, that 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 almost that default said it so it's interesting you refer to it as the more sort of the immature masculine part and you know that, that's not to say that there's not the sort of feminine sort of hustle element of it but that also that that getting caught up and swept along with it you know everyone that kind of starts up wants to go straight to a billion dollar revenue kind of thing and there is a journey there's a process in that and and, 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 you know, to people like Gary Vee's credit, I think he does acknowledge the fact that actually just in, he enjoys it. He enjoys the, the fact that it, the, the, the journey is the most sort of fulfilling thing for him, not, not, not the kind of buying the jets or whatever it is type of thing. But I think a lot of people have kind of just misinterpreted what it is to be in business and to be successful and whatever. And that. So how do you help people kind of turn to face those perhaps uncomfortable truths or have the, the courage to do that and, and work on those parts in order for them to fall away. Yeah. Well, people usually come to me at the point where they're, they're ready to, you know, right. and uh, the willingness is there. And, but I'll, I'll just call it to, 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 I'll just be direct and straight with people. Um, and I think when it comes to human behavior, you're able to cut through the story. You're able to cut through the bullshit and the justifications pretty quickly and say, this is what's actually going on. And that, you can't hide from that level of awareness. You know, I don't know if you've had it with, with clients before, but with sometimes you can see them and feel them just squirming a bit because it's like, I can't, I can't hide when I'm having a conversation with this guy because he's just seeing through all of it. So I just, <clears throat> I'd be pretty direct in that aspect and I, I give understanding. I think suffering in life is, uh, is a consequence of misunderstanding the structures of consciousness and the structures of ego and the nature of life. Uh, so when you clear up those misunderstandings and you create different perspectives, I think that that really helps people to begin to access the emotional pain that they've been running from. 
You know, if they throw out this excuse and I just call bullshit on it and we strip it back, 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 eventually you're going to wind up at the point that you've been running from. Uh, And then when you're there, I take people through, you know, how to actually healthily process their emotions uh, and just slowly get them to learn to identify the feeling in their body. If they can feel the point that they're resisting, well, then they and they can identify the fact that, oh, yeah, I, I am pushing down there. Well, once you've identified the fact that you're pushing down, then you're able to release the force with which you're pushing on the emotion mm. and, and, and remove that. A lot of the times people don't even know that they're resisting, you know, that's that lack of awareness. So uh, really help them by education and then application. Yeah, because I mean, you talked about that that suffering, and I guess the, the the root of suffering a lot of the time is that attachment to whatever it is they're holding on to, or they're f- fearful of letting go. So, w- what kind of informs your work around that? What kind of schools of philosophy or or teachings sort of have resonated with you over the years and, and currently? Yeah, so in my early days, I learned a lot of patterns and codes of human behaviour. So, Tony Robbins' six core needs. Uh, you know, things like your fo- what you focus on is what you get. Um, every, you know, perception is projection. The outside is a reflection of the inside, all of that yeah. type of stuff. Um, so I use a lot of those. I do, I do enjoy some of, uh, you know, the teachings on attachment uh, and suffering. Uh, I, I love, man, I love, I love spirituality teachings. They make a lot of sense to me, uh, for me personally. Like when you look at, stuff that all the mystics and sages of the world have said and Buddha and stuff like that. It's like, oh yeah, that makes, to me, I'm like, that makes a lot of sense. Um, so I really love those teachings. I, I, I uh, just ran a five-day meditation program and I have a 31-day one happening at the moment. And I'm not teaching any techniques of how to meditate. What I'm sharing with people is the structures of, of the ego and consciousness and, how, and teaching them how to observe their experience. Yeah. And that's the kind of stuff that I love talking about. I love, I love to think that all suffering is an illusion or that all fear is an illusion, that I've created it all, that I, I love that type of stuff. So that, that influences my work a lot. Um, the Conversations with God books, I love those. I don't know if you've read them, but a combination of science, human behavior, and spirituality, I would say. Yeah, and... I find personally that actually exploring all those schools of thought is just enriches your understanding experience, you know, so I'm not particularly wedded to one part, but I'll read about all parts. And I think actually you create that richer, richer sort of experience for yourself, but also for your clients working with them, you can kind of draw on whatever these schools you like. You mentioned Tony Robbins there. I'm actually listening to one of his audio books uh, again, just revisiting it and I went to unleash the power within many years ago and did all that kind of stuff big fan of Tony's but then went and explored other things but I'm coming back around to it and thinking yeah this is just timeless stuff and it's interesting I'm listening to Tony Robbins on the back of revisiting some of Jim Rohn's stuff and you can okay. see the the, the the kind of lineage of the the mentor to the mentee through their work and um it's really interesting I've got a 15 year old boy here in the house and uh he came down to me the other day and he kind of picks up, he sees me doing the podcast and everything else. He said, dad, I'd like to go to a Tony Robbins seminar. Can we go to one? I was like, wow. I discovered Tony Robbins and all this kind of teaching into my late thirties. But if you get that kind of stuff when you're 15 and you go, you begin your journey then, I mean, there's no limit to perhaps where that might lead. That's awesome. You've won. 
Yeah. You've won, man. Yeah. You get As a parent, I've won. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, this, um, now you talk about meditation then. You, you said you got a 31 day uh, meditation sort of chat. Is that some kind of, um, uh, clearly it must be an online meditation type of well, I choose a word, perhaps it's not a challenge, but some sort of course. Tell, tell us about that. I'm fascinated. Yeah, so what, I've, what I'm teaching is that a lot of people go into meditation thinking, how do I meditate? All right, I need to go in and calm my mind. If I'm thinking that's bad and blah, 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 blah. But what I teach is that meditation, rather than trying to go, this is how to meditate, teach what meditation is. Meditation is the non-judgmental observation of our experience. And when you when you <clears throat> when you're observing, I teach how to observe, not how to meditate. Mm. And so the intention behind this, the programs are called Infinite Calm. And the intention is that don't like when you're meditating, don't have an agenda, don't go in with an attachment. You know, you're only you can't calm your mind. It's like someone throws a, a rock in a pond. If you try to smooth out the ripples on the surface of the water, every time you just create more. But if you just observe, the, 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 the water's going to spill and calm itself. So I believe when it comes to meditation, my job is to watch, observe, and notice my experience and allow the, the, the traffic or the content of my mind to calm itself, allow myself to observe a thought as a thought or a belief as a belief or as a story as a story and to break the identification with it, you know, and, and just to slowly be like, okay, I'm not my thoughts. I don't need to buy into the busyness and the content and the traffic of my mind. Uh, and I think the less, the less that we buy into it, the less we suffer and the more free and peaceful and calm we feel. So mm. that's, that's the angle and the approach that I'm taking in, in the program. I'm, I'm sharing you know, the six needs of the ego, what the ego's doing. And then I, because when I'm sharing the structures and, and what's actually happening, someone will do a meditation. They're just like, I saw that. I could see my ego trying to control everything and trying to put thoughts in boxes and then put them to the side and then think about other thoughts and label them into boxes to just, you know, kind of prepare all the information and take control. Yeah. And uh, I, I, I just get excited when someone has observed that. Um, because they're just more and more awareness. So that's the, yeah, that's the angle I'm taking with this program. And it's, it's pretty cool so far. I love there's loads of things in there, Andrew. Um, one about the, it's, uh, you're not teaching them how to meditate, but you teach them how to observe. And this idea of, I mean, I put, I personally, um, you know, I, I try to have a sort of meditative sort of practice in the morning. Um, and it wasn't until recently I realized actually somebody said to me, look, just it's okay to have these thoughts come into your head, but just don't follow them, observe them, but but don't follow it and see where it goes. Just, you know, and, and that I think for a lot of us, amateur sort of meditators, I guess we all are in some respect, is that it's okay to have these. You're not, to your, your, your river or your water analogy is a really good one because you can almost beat yourself up about, how come I have all these thoughts coming in? How come I can't do this? I won't do it. And so many people give up on their meditative practice because they think it's all about, I've got to have a quiet mind. And if I can't do that, well, damn it, I can't do it. Exactly. 100%, man. And, and that's going in. That's because, again, that's misunderstanding. Yeah. Misunderstanding leads to, to suffering, leads to frustration, leads to giving yeah. up. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that does that, that one example encapsulates the whole crux of the matter, doesn't it? It's, it's, yeah. 
um and it's interesting i think you can find that meditative state that observation state through many different ways i mean i often accessed it through running and exercising and things like that where there's just nothing but just being in that moment and you can reach those states and i think for me it's knowing that actually those states can be reached and and what what is the common denominator the common denominator when i'm out on the bike or i'm out running i'm i'm not really thinking at all stuff is coming in and going out and it's a blissful state, so you can reach it. It's, uh, it's when you try and force yeah. it. Right, I've got, to, I've got to do my 10 minutes of meditation, and I've got to get more zen-like because it's part of that, back to that kind of almost that hustle kind of got to, got to, keep, <laughs> got to, got to grind it, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's like, yeah, just hustling in your meditation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, come on, come on. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, yeah, that's funny, that's funny. There's... Um, this the, the the ego often comes up in a lot of conversations. I I, I talk to people, um, be it in, in performance or relationships or anything else like this. You know, we all have one. Um, I, I try and advise my when I'm taking my leadership courses, whatever, or doing some team facilitation. Say, look, you've got an ego. Just leave it at the door. You can pick it up on your way out. What is it that can be? Uh, as what is it about the ego that's so powerful in a but I guess in a constructive, but also destructive sense that I'd love to explore ego with you and your thoughts around that. Yeah. So I think, I think with ego, I'm always, in my opinion, coming from ego. I think, you know, and, and we all, so we all have an ego. I think we're all like, there is the ego. There's not, in my opinion, there's not my ego or your ego that would make them different. Uh, there's just the ego. And, it's, it's a judgmental thing, purely from safety and survival. Uh, from my understanding, it's t- the two gains, the two, mo- sorry, the two motives of the ego is gain and survival. And mm-hmm. that in each and every moment, even if, I'm, even if I'm cowering to an attacker, I'm doing my best to control that situation. I'm doing my best to stay safe and survive. And, you know, th- the ego gets made out to be this bad thing. I, I reckon, you know, I reckon it's just like, eh, ego's ego, you know, just don't make it out to be this bad thing. Then we feel, we feel bad about having ego or we try to get rid of ego with ego, which is the biggest ego trip going around. Yeah. And again, misunderstanding and we just get caught up in a whole kerfuffle of self-created, never-ending problems. But that's what the ego wants. Mm. It wants to have problems so that it can have something to distract itself with, attach itself to, uh, and be useful for some sort of purpose. So I think ego, rock and roll, you know, it's, it's going to do its thing. And, uh, you know, making it a, a, a bad guy is just giving yourself another problem in your life that you need to yeah. fix and solve. But when you just accept, yeah, I operate through ego all the time, even right now, I'm coming from ego, in my opinion, because um, I'm still experiencing myself as a, a, an alone, separate being in this universe. I'm aware of the, the connect, I can understand concepts, but experientially I'm unaware of that. And so in my opinion, that's because I'm operating through and filtering this experience through ego. Yeah. Yeah, that's really cool. I, um, I hadn't actually considered sort of ego as 
you know, it's not your ego, it's not my ego. It, there is just ego. That's that's an interesting thing to reflect on. You also get the second prize of the day. Uh, you're the first podcast guest to use the word kerfuffle in uh, an episode. So. <laughs> Mate. Mate, I'm going I'm going for three. I'm going for three Mate. awards by the end of the episode. Mate, you're you're rocking it today. You're rocking it. Um just this is this is I'm really enjoying this, Andrew. And um what I'd like to do now for our listener is, you know, so the podcast is called Give Yourself the Chat and and what that doesn't mean is beat yourself up and it, it is just that inner the inner game that we're always playing and, and my ver you know, you, you read my backstory, but you know, the give yourself the chat is to when sometimes you feel like doing the easy thing or you really don't want to, and how do you kind of pick yourself up? How do you kind of get yourself going again? Because you know, it's, it can only come from within. What, what kind of ideas would you perhaps leave with our listeners about how you might give yourself the chat and what your version of that is? For us? Yeah. The way that I give myself the chat is I think there's a, there's a combination of the, you know, step up, get it done, but also a, a softer side of, um, you know, I, I value and put time aside to, to process my emotions. You know, if I find that I'm procrastinating, if I find that I'm self-sabotaging or I'm avoiding a bit, I'm like, all right, there's an emotional resistance going on here somewhere. You can suck it up and push on through. Um, or you can give yourself 10, 15 minutes to just be with whatever discomforts in your body that you're not wanting to lean any further into. Uh, and, and I always just let myself know that whatever I'm experiencing is okay. Like it's, it's okay to experience a violent thought. It's not acceptable to act on that violent thought. Mm. It's okay to experience the feeling of hatred towards another. It doesn't mean I'm a bad person unless I say so, but I just give myself full permission to, to experience whatever I'm experiencing. I do my best to observe it from a non-judgmental perspective and be like, hey, it is what it is. And, um, yeah, again, that allows me to not just get caught up in it, not, not fight it and resist it in my body and tie myself out with the energy it requires to, 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 to try and win or stay on top of the, the inner conflict and the inner battle. Um, but I certainly value uh, sitting down and facing the discomfort because once that shifted, my productivity – skyrockets something that i may have been avoiding for a week gets done just like that um so that's how i have the chat with myself is permission for my experience to be what it is uh i I sit down and i just feel whatever is present in my body at the time um and then i give myself the kick up the button and off we go so that that's the interesting distinction there because you know you could give yourself permission it's so okay i'm I'm having this negative thought doesn't make me a bad person. You could almost though if you don't do that next bit of kicking yourself out the butt or getting going, you could let yourself off the hook, couldn't you, which is not what 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 we're about so and I think perhaps we're sometimes in danger of letting ourselves off the hook okay, it's okay, you know it's fine and it's like well, no, you have to again turn to have the courage to face the hard truth of no get on with it you know and i think that's the distinction otherwise it's it's too easy to kind of self-talk yourself into sitting on the couch so i think totally man i totally agree there's there's so many teachings or quotes or understandings out there that can be misused they can be oh okay so that means that i don't have to do that great but yeah through trial and error you begin to 
you begin to hear the stories of when you're full of crap and you're just like, ah, quieten down and, and off you go. <laughs> Yeah, 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 absolutely. It's um, I was uh, talking about sort of different schoolings and teachings and things. I was on I was on a podcast guest uh, yesterday, so I I was a guest on someone, and uh, they for some reason the law of attraction came up, and they said, "Have you read the secret?" And I said, "Well, I've read lots of books, and I've you know read that one." And he said, "What do you think of it?" I said, "Well, it's great, but if you think that you can just kind of wish a, a bag of money to fall into your lap, you're kind of missing the point. There's you've got to think, have the idea, but then you've just got to get off the couch and do it, or kick yourself up the butt and do it. And that's just I just use that as the example, not to give the law of attraction a kicking, but you can just take something completely misinterpret it and then think, well, that that's it. And and I draw comfort in the fact that if I just think something, if I just accept this and be kind to myself, that's okay." doesn't really advance you it doesn't really advance us you know so. yeah i agree there needs to be a, a healthy balance of the two approaches i think yeah yeah so this is this is awesome we're coming to the end of, of our episode uh, now andrew but uh, tell, tell i mean feel free um, how can people kind of access your work and uh, and find out a little bit more about about you yeah so uh website's a great way to go www.andrewdpierce.com um, I've got a Facebook group you can access from there, just a video library of, of blogs and videos, a couple of free trainings you got free access to, um, and that will really introduce you to to me, to what I do, to how I think and how I help people, and um, yeah, it, it'll take you to my social links and accounts and whatnot as well. Fantastic. So there, there'll be no recent pictures of you in Bali, but I do hope that you get back there uh, pretty soon but you know as for as long as this goes on it sounds like you've got the right approach to it and you're making the most of it and uh, again some quality time with the parents there but uh, Andrew it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on uh, give yourself the chat um, we will talk again because I, I, I know that this kind of stuff runs deep with you my friend so I'd love to explore some more ideas uh, and perhaps when you're in one of those cafes or on a beachfront in Bali how about that yeah mate absolutely I've uh, I've enjoyed this chat I feel like we're on the on the same wavelength with some stuff, so I could see a few more happening in the future. Fantastic, mate. Take care of yourself. Cheers, mate. So another wonderful podcast guest there on Give Yourself the Chat. I love the way Andrew describes meditation as just the practice of being observant rather than just trying to, to meditate. And his retreats sound wonderful. So I think the next time I chat with him, I'll have to find an excuse to get myself out to Bali and interview him face to face. But for the meantime, uh, the conversation is going on over at LinkedIn. Please connect with me, suggest topics and guests that you'd like me to to interview here on the podcast and also forward on to your community let's spread the word and if you're listening on itunes or spotify either follow or if you'd be kind enough to leave a review then that would be great but for the meantime take care of yourself and i'll see you on the next one